like Brent Lowry and I bet I could watch you spread your air out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Hey everybody, it's Resting Pitch Face back again for episode three. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. And today we got a lot of stuff to talk about, a surprising amount of stuff considering, you know, we didn't have baseball for a week, or not really have baseball, didn't have Nats baseball for an entire week. But we're going to start off with some news and other things. Well, I can start off with, with Max's which I do I look in incident um, at the game that he started against the Mets. I was actually at that game in person. So I did not catch exactly what was said, but I remember watching him from sitting up in the stratosphere where we said, and what happened for those who weren't watching was Max was struggling a little bit later on, but had been pitching a great game, and so Dusty went out to try to get him to come out of the game, and it seemed to me from up high that Max very politely said, no, thank you, I would like to continue. Yes. And... We, my, friend like and I, happened. my friend and I kind of looked at each other and went, oh, God, I wish I could read lips from this far. We knew something awesome had been said, and we found out later what that had been, um, which was much more polite than the last time someone tried to take Max out of a game, and he declined. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how much more polite it actually was. Uh, <laughs> Even the careful yeah. use of... Uh, of brackets in the yeah, various well. quotes. <laughs> um, so Dusty asked Max if he had enough left in the tank to get the last out. It was it was the seventh inning, um, and Dusty asked which eye do I look in to find out whether Max was, you know, being straight with him. And according to the Washington Post, Max said the bleeping brown eye. That's my pitching eye. Uh, so, of course, cue a thousand jokes on Twitter about what the blue eye is for. Um, but the brown eye is apparently the pitching eye. It's the left eye. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and his, his polite declining previous to this was what? Uh, well, Matt Williams tried to get him to come out and to use the same language there, it was... I bleeping want it, I bleeping want it, several times over, very easily lip-read on camera. <laughs> um, I enjoyed, uh, well, first of all, I enjoyed this whole incident because, you know, uh, Max is very uh, fiery on the mound, but I also enjoy that uh, Dusty Baker said that when he swears on camera, his mother calls him about it. <laughs> I can just imagine. Yeah, oh my yeah. god, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, so he apparently is like, I know she's going to call me when I'm in the car because I swore on camera. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Max Scherzer's parents, I don't know where they are or who they are, but probably don't give him the same kind of phone call for that. Maybe they do. Mm. You never know. Maybe his mother is very disappointed in him. Uh, she raised him better than that. I, I enjoy that he was uh, very uh, passionate about his staying in the game. <laughs> I think we all enjoy when Max is passionate, and luckily it's yeah. most of the time. 
I'm just enjoying the designation that specifically the brown eye is the pitching eye. Like, I feel like that's a very important distinction to make, especially uh, apparently somebody found a heterochromatic koala, which is extremely rare. And so I bet its, its brown eye is a pitching eye as well, and I bet it's probably like, it's like waiting for the draft once it gets ready. <laughs> Call him up, he's ready. <laughs> he's got the brown eye. Um, Which team could a koala convincingly play for? Probably the Twins at this point. <laughs> Everybody could play for the Twins. There, there is baseball in Australia. Mm, really? So yeah, yeah, that's why they're that's why they're every year trying to like. We're, for a little while there, they were like, we're going to have opening day in Australia, and everybody said, why? <laughs> but that's why apparently there is actually baseball, some kind of baseball league in Australia. So, um, I don't know how much it's actually taking off, but maybe we'll see some Australian pitchers, including some Australian pitching koalas, <laughs> one day. <laughs> I, I think both eyes are their cuddling eyes. Aww. No, one's the, one of them is a cuddling eye, the other one's the murder eye. Because <laughs> of the drop bears? Uh-huh. Um, no, koalas have, like, horrible... Oh, God, what is it? It's either chlamydia or gonorrhea, but of the face. Don't oh God. Google this. <laughs> Do not Google this. It is really sad. I'm it almost be- positive... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what were you going to say? It's I'm almost positive it's chlamydia. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the article I read about this was like, we're not going to actually show you pictures. Here are pictures of regular koalas. <laughs> How have you guys both heard about this, and yet I'm clearly not up to date on the public health issues facing koalas in our time? This chlamydia, I don't know, in terms of clickbait, is like pretty good clickbait. I was just going to say, because oh, probably no. you have normal interests. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, reasonable ones? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, I can't out with you guys. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't know how we segue really... away from face chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> this went down Moving a Moving right along. <laughs> to the entire other up end of the spectrum, I guess, uh, Bryce Harper got engaged again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> No, the other end of the spectrum. We're moving from like dark places to like happy places. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> but yes, Bryce Harper got engaged again to the same person he was engaged to before, and I guess that's. I mean, that's the grand sum total of the news. But um, we'll have to see if this one sticks. <sighs> yeah, I don't think there was a big announcement or anything. I just saw an Instagram post from his fiance somewhere in the midst of the all-star festivities. I think that was and I think the, that was that was it. There was no he didn't post anything himself. It was at the ESPYs, that's what it was. Oh, that's where it was. Yeah. So, um yeah, I think that was the entire announcement. But I don't think I mean, he didn't really make the announcement the last time either, except for those engagement photos that they took at Nats Park. So, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe there'll be another round of um cutesy Nats Park romping engagement photos. Do you okay. redo your engagement photos if you broke off the engagement the first time? Um, so, like, as long as it wasn't sad, then maybe you do redo your engagement photos? Oh, I, oh. I, yeah, I, I don't know wedding etiquette. <laughs> um, I guess is the only one here who would. Uh, though I didn't do engagement photos because those go from, like, normal to horribly cheesy in about five seconds. I would assume if you're getting re-engaged to redo it. I mean, they can always be cheesier. Like, I have some friends who um, their engagement photos are like them, like, 
Um, I, I don't even, I, I don't know if I can do this without seeing the image, but it's like them with their chins on like their crossed hands um, and their legs kicked up in the background, like lying down. It, it's, it's terrible. I think like, that's a pretty standard pose. Why? I don't know. You're the one, I don't know. I, I guess you didn't get them. You didn't get them, so I shouldn't say you're the one who would know. But, um. but yeah, actually, I would pay. I would pay cash money to see Bryce Harper like posed like that. That would be really well. Funny. You should look at the old ones because like, there's probably a pose like that, and the and then it'll just be like on the pitcher's mound. Yeah, but, so but we're gonna like, have to like, look those up again. <laughs> yeah, across the batter's box, yeah. just leg kicked up like on home plate, like ee! yeah. Maybe they will have to redo them since they are two years old, <laughs> which is not that much of a time frame for, like, some people, but considering you're going from 21 to 23, oh, God. Yeah, when you're going from 21 to 23, okay, I like, just you image. change. I, I just Google image the first time around because I actually don't remember seeing them. I think they're wrapped in an American flag? That sounds about right. Uh, oh. The two of them are wrapped in an American flag. She's wearing, of course, a jersey that says Mrs. Harper. Um, must have jinxed it or something. <laughs> um, they're like, <laughs> sorry, they're like kissing in the dugout, running through the outfield, holding hands. Um, they're they're really wow. These are a lot. Complete cheese. Complete uh, cheese. I I will try and find a good page with all of them and we can link to it because I'm just on Google right now, but they're they're really pretty cheesy. Yeah. So I think we'll be lucky if they do another round of these because they're pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Everyone cross your fingers. <laughs> some, of them are, some of them are really cute. Some of them are genuinely really cute, but, but they're also pretty entertaining. Yeah. I do remember a certain amount of secondhand embarrassment the first time. I was just like, oh, okay. But... <laughs> I think I'm more sentimental than you are, so I probably find them somewhat cuter. I think everybody is more sentimental than me, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure why you need to be wrapped in an American flag for your engagement photos. No, those ones are not the cute ones. Yeah, I'll, okay. say, I'll say this. At least it makes a certain amount of sense being in the nation's capital on the nation's capital's baseball team to be in a flag. Some people just do that because, you know, they're just like Joe and Becky down the street and they still wrap themselves in American flag. At least there's a certain amount of, like, justification, I feel. He does, in fact, wear an American flag as his uniform for his job on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's still weird, but it's not as weird as just, like, random people who do it, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this time he should tie it around his neck like a cape. Yeah, pretend like he's a superhero <laughs> or a wizard. <laughs> Maybe Teddy can officiate his wedding. Oh, that would be the best. You can apparently pay to have that done, but but I missed out. So I'm just gonna need to get remarried <laughs> for when you do like a uh, renew your vows ceremony or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, that for for sure. I I feel my husband would definitely be down for that. Just like, oh yeah, sweetie. I don't like baseball and spent all of last night's game reading Reddit. But uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> he thought Bryce Harper was a pitcher. It's okay. We forgive him. <laughs> he brought. He gets me beer. So that's good. Yeah. 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 Um, and he doesn't let me get in fights. So like that's you know he has his uses. Um. <laughs> All right, so Bryce hopefully is gonna uh, honor us all with more cheesy, cheesy engagement photos. I'm hoping monuments figure into it. I don't know how, but I'm, I'm hoping 
I don't know. Maybe maybe they're both in a reflecting pool. Who knows? Yeah. No. I mean, it's no. easy easy enough. So. Yeah, and those are super gross. So like less all and more. Uh, but <laughs> being in reflecting pools in general, or the monuments specifically. The monuments specifically, they're okay. they're pretty gross. Um. I guess the last piece of news to talk about is the Home Run Derby. Uh, the All-Star Game was not really hashtag made with fun again. Um, so home Run Derby was, you know, um, the good news is John Carlos Stanton can still hit a baseball. Uh, you know, I, when he got hit in the face, like, I feel like that that was a loss not just for the Marlins, but it was for all of baseball when he's not playing. Um, and... I, I, you know, his average this year, I do not think is particularly remarkable, um, but his ability to hit a baseball really, really hard is uh, continued. Yeah. Um, I'll say his average was never like super high. You know, he's not, <clears throat> he's not like former teammate or I guess still current teammate, but suspended D Gordon who just gets on base like a machine. Yeah. He was, he hits it out of the park where he doesn't hit it particularly. Yeah. So he hit, has hit under 300 all of his seasons, um, but his OPS has always been over 820. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. So um, hit the ball far, but yeah, um, yeah. His, his slugging is and, and OPS are ridiculous considering that his average is serviceable. Yeah. Well, and, and, and considering the fact that he's playing in the gaping cavern of Marlins Park. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's putting them out there farther than most other people have to. Um, yeah, very, so, very true, uh, that he can hit the cover off a of baseball. Um, as he demonstrated <coughs> to a heckling Mets fan um, during their last series at City Field, so a Mets fan was yelling that he was overrated, and he um, responded by putting a baseball into a river. So, oh, I thought you were going to say into the Mets fan. <laughs> oh, no, no, he hit it. He hit it to the moon. It was lovely. Um, mm -hmm. And then the Mets fan surrounding heckling Mets fan basically told him to shut up, which <laughs> I gotta say, I don't hate as a practice. Like, <laughs> yeah. people are heckling, and you can hear them on TV. It's really annoying. So, like, to all you kids out there, I'm going to pull an FP. To all you kids out there, if somebody is heckling, ask them to stop politely. So... Politely, like Max Scherzer, politely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> politely decline well, their heckling. Yes. <laughs> so I have a question. <laughs> I have a question about Giancarlo's super long home runs. You brought up how big Marlins Park is. Mm -hmm. Was he always able to hit balls so, so, so far all the way to the beginning of his career with the Marlins? Or is this maybe something that he's learned to do even better because you have to hit it so far to get it out in that park? I doubt he taught himself because of the size of the park. Because I feel like if you could teach yourself how to hit balls farther because of the size of the park, everyone would be teaching themselves how to hit balls farther. I mean, like, not, necessarily, not necessarily on purpose, but right. it's just that's a thing that he's maybe gotten better at over time. I don't know. I don't um, know if that's possible, but I'm wondering if you look... We could do this maybe for next time. If you looked at the length of his homers... Yeah, I'm I'm looking at his career. Uh, actually, this is his 2016 uh, home and away splits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's slightly higher away, but it's not that high, much higher away. I uh, think 
So I think he's just always going to hit the balls that far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's just uh, the type of guy he is. And it's just luck that he happens to be able to hit the ball really, really far and also plays in a home ballpark where you have to hit the ball really, really far. Well, it's like inverse luck. It's like if he, I mean, he would be more successful if he was somewhere else. But it's very lucky for the Marlins that he's there because yeah. somebody else would not be able to get out at that park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, like, he doesn't just hit it out of the park, but he hits it beyond where you would need to hit it out of the park. Yeah. Like, that's the other issue of he hits the ball really, really hard beyond what is necessary to clear even, like, the home run statue in Marlins Park. Um, How many times does he put it in that restaurant? Oh, my God. I don't know. I, <laughs> everyone in that restaurant should probably be wearing batting helmets. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they are. <laughs> um, so, like, that's I think that's the issue of just, like, he's apparently really strong. This is why for the All-Star game, like, they need to have, like, a... I mean, they do, I guess, record bat speed now, um, you know, hit mm-hmm. speed and all of that, but, like, who can hit it the hardest would be really a cool thing um, to do a head-to-head in addition to the home run derby. Um, so, like, the NHL has the slap shot contest mm-hmm. where they where they see who has the hardest shot. Uh, or not slap shot, the hardest shot. Um, generally a slap shot. Uh, but um, that would also be a cool thing to do a yeah. to do a track on of just, like, hit the snot out of this thing and see who can, you know, have yeah. the fastest bat speed. Um, I bet you it's him, actually. It, I, I think he would be a strong contender. And, I mean, the thing is, it would have to be just that. Like, you couldn't do it with um, that, and you're concerned about where you're going to hit it. Because mm-hmm. the whole point is just smack it, smack the, the, the snot out of it, as you put it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing yeah. I would worry about is, like, do you think somebody could, like, wrench themselves yeah. trying to hit it harder? Because, I mean, they don't hit it as hard as they can every single time because they're going to torque, they're going to, like, tweak something, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe maybe this is like my idea of having everyone run in catcher's gear. It sounds like a good idea, but somebody's gonna end up in the hospital. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, by the way, I looked up his career OPS. It's actually higher at home. It's 9.38 at home versus 8.64 away. That's actually disgusting. Although, yeah. actually, no, mm, mm, actually, no. It's because with those gaping yeah. outfields, he's getting more extra base hits that are not necessarily home runs because True. the outfielders just can't get there. Yeah, yeah, he's 384 at home and 376 away, which I think is probably pretty comfortably in the in the realm of there's no real difference. Yeah, no, nothing substantial. Yeah, so, so um, I'm not sure how you would do significance testing on that, but like I, I'm I'm not seeing a huge difference in split. Um, interesting. He only has five career triples, or I'm sorry, ten career triples. He's not very fast, is the problem. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yes, the Wil- the Wilson Ramos speed issue. He's not as he's not as chuggy as Wilson Ramos, but he's not chuggy. Chug a chug a chug a chug. No no no! Explain it again. <laughs> the sound effect. <laughs> I'm like thinking of the 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 big engine that could. Uh, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Oh God! Yeah, when he was running first to third during a game, Last we were all like, Pixar, pray for him. Uh, last week it was Pixar, and now we've evolved into the little engine that could. <laughs> so clearly we're a family podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or the big buffalo that could. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't we uh, why don't move on to considering we're talking about uh, people we love and plays we love. Let's talk about some more of them. Yeah. Um. Well, let's see. 
just very relevant to to recently was last night Tanner Roark went eight eight innings and two batters and looked to my eye like he was going to go to a complete game and Dusty Baker even said as much afterwards that he was going to give him every chance and I think had he not hit anyone um, he probably would have stayed in a little bit longer um, so I, I mean that was an impressive showing all on its own but I was just thinking tying that in the last time we saw him he came in to relieve at the last game before the break in City Field, um, which was just cool, you know. I mean, nothing. There was nothing particularly special about it. It was just, it was just fun to see that. It was like, sorry, Mets, you thought you were going to get our bullpen, but instead you're getting starter after starter. And then he comes back after a relief appearance, which we knew was a problem for him, not you know pitching in the bullpen one day and the starting the next day. He comes back and throws one hell of a game, um, you know, eight eight shutout innings. So. Yeah, I wonder how much uh, notice Dusty gave him on coming in to pitch relief. Because I think that was really the issue last year, which was, like, not getting notice and not, like, the the players didn't seem to understand their usage because I don't mm -hmm. think Matt Williams seemed to understand their usage. But, like, I, you know, it's been said Dusty likes to tell guys, like, a couple of days before, you know, if they're off the bench that they're going to be in the game. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if, you know, this was sort of a unknown thing. Um, yeah, I don't know for prior. sure, but I would agree based on his track record that it's it seems likely that Dusty would have said something to him beforehand, um, just given how he seems to handle this sort of thing in general, which definitely would make a difference. I mean, it's clearly making a difference for the bench. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I also think just saying something as, along the lines of, look, I'm not necessarily going to use you, but you're due to start, so if I have to, just be ready for it, you know, Um and actually, he would have had to tell him something because his bullpen session would have not been on the 10th. It would have been on the 9th, if I'm correct in my rotation. So they weren't going to have him throw a bullpen, a bullpen session as part of his normal rotation and then come in and relief the next day, right? So he must have known ahead of time that there was a chance he was going to come in. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think as we and as we'll talk about during you know when we talk about uh, the well, grind. The timing, but I don't think it was Tanner. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it wasn't in him in the book, but it seemed like you know pitchers are are creatures of habit. At least mm -hmm. you get the you know you get the sense in that Roark seems to respond to structure better mm -hmm. than he responds to no structure. So yeah. you know even if it was Doug Fister, which who they talk about in the book, you know it's probable that uh, people like to know when they're working. But yeah, he looks Generally. good. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's looking good. He's wearing the high socks. He's apparently keeping his Hulk. In. So we, we're getting Bruce Banner. Because uh, <laughs> he can kind of be a rage monster. Yep, but haven't seen many signs of that. So he's got it. Maybe the beard keeps it all contained, and that's why he had to grow the beard back. Yeah. It's, it's big because it's full of rage. <laughs> <laughs> like Gretchen Wiener's hair. <laughs> I, were, I love watching him, though. I was really excited. We were at that game in person as well. Um, I was really excited to see him come in. Totally confused, to be honest, in the moment. But um, always really happy to see him. He's just fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, because he comes in and he looks like he kind of wants to eat the batter. You know, like he's so, he's very like max, max like predatory, 
um, when he comes in, and or what, or at least when you see him be like that, you know it's going to be good. Yeah, and I think in like the first inning last night, I I was watching it. I was like, he hadn't thrown a ball. It was all striker out. I like, can actually tell you if you give me a second, because I yeah. actually have the track of the balls and the strikes. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a nine pitch, eight pitch, eight pitch. Excuse me, eight pitch first inning. Yeah, which. You know that that's that's kind of how I can always tell when Tanner specifically is going to do well is if he's just he's he's going to shut you down and it's going to be very low pitch counts. Yeah. So. Um. Rather than like Geo, who you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but like Geo can also go 120. Like. And yeah. He does. Yeah. Um. On the regular, like you know, he's been he's been not lasting as long. You know, in New York, he had to come out in what like the sixth or the fifth. It what he made it five and two thirds. Yeah, five and two thirds. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but like he'll go to a hundred and twenty yeah. in terms of pitch count, and that's just normal. And he can kind of you know it's it, Geo, yeah. so he's goofy, but like he's a workhorse like that. Yeah, he's always been a lot more durable, I guess, mm-hmm. or, or elastic. Actually, I think is a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody else like protect him, shut him down at one hundred five or something, and Geo's like, yeah, one twenty five. I got this. I'm still as long as he's still being effective. The yeah. difficulty with Geo has been um, not as, but I I believe he can pull it out. Yeah. So. Um, speaking of durability, apparently Max has never been on the DL. Shh, 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 shh. Everybody just knock on everything, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> we used to I, say I, that I, about Geo. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, is he? And he's pitching like right now, isn't he? I'm sorry, I, I tempted the baseball gods. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll go sacrifice a goat or something. Thank you. It just made me think. I wonder if people are still sacrificing a rubber chicken in front of the park, the way they used to. What? Oh, have you never heard about this? No. What? So it used to be. Um, for a couple of years, they were doing this, and I—they might still be doing this. I'm just people aren't writing stories about it because why? We've told the story already. Um, this group of fans, whenever the Nats started like having a slide that was very like that was like prolonged or just particularly sharp and bad, they'd be like, "All right, we, it's time to sacrifice a chicken." So they went out front of a, of one of the gates, I think center field gate. They would take a rubber chicken and they take a butcher knife and they just chop its head off. <laughs> Oh and, then usually, and then usually the slide would be halted, and we'd start climbing again. If you've ever oh. seen the shirts that say chicken mode. How many rubber chickens did these people have to buy? I mean, can you order them in bulk? I'm sure you can, from one of those, like, companies, like, what is it, the Oriental Training Company or something? You can buy oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And given the Nats prior to 2012, like, you're going to need a lot of chickens. I mean, I think that's what it started pre-2012, um, and they needed to do it frequently, from what's mm-hmm. my understanding. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, I just hadn't thought about that in years. I wonder if they're still doing it. I feel like not just because, you know, um, the Nats have been better, like, mm-hmm. pre-2012. It's like, yeah, chop the head off a rubber chicken, or a regular chicken, or anything. Like... <laughs> Yeah, um, you expect to show up to the game and, like, someone's drawn a devil's trap and ketchup in front of the stadium, <laughs> like... I was just thinking maybe they're not bringing knives to the park anymore, what with the uh, institution of metal detectors. <laughs> yeah, we did, I did have to um, uh, remind Mara and my husband not to bring his Swiss Army knife into the park yesterday. 
<laughs> Got to leave that at home, or yeah. at least in the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though, though it's, yeah, they're they. It's good that they do that. I think. Um, you know, I think it's not even just like knives. It's primarily more like glass bottles and things like that. Well, there, yeah, there's no glass anywhere. Um, but no, they, I mean, they don't want people bringing in. And, and knives, which I know why they've instituted. I was just thinking more along the lines of sports fans plus alcohol equals plus knives <laughs> <laughs> equals a really happy mix that everyone can get along with. <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> oh boy. So, and I, you know, I was at a game recently where I did see stuff. I had I've never seen this before, and I've gone to a lot of baseball games. Somebody did make it onto the field. So, you know, maybe you think the Swiss Army knife not so bad, but somebody did make it onto the field. If they had had a Swiss Army knife, who knows? Yeah. I think that happened in a Nats game. Didn't that happen in, in Somebody a in a Cardinals jersey, like, hopped one of the outfield fences, yeah. Yeah, you're talking like recently or you're talking about, like, in the history of, like, because this happened no, recently. a couple weeks, yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. I watched it happen. Okay. And then oh. and the security guards just, like, punked him. Yeah. And didn't Clint, Clint Robinson kind of jogged over there to see if he could help? I was really amused by that. Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> Hello, I am tall. <laughs> yes. Did did you need a human and a half? Here I am. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully if, you know, he, he needed to, like, pick up and carry Ben Revere to safety, he could have. I think everybody on that team could pick. I think I could pick up Ben Revere and carry him to safety. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, all-star game event. <laughs> like, carrying Ben Revere and Jose Altuve to safety. <laughs> Every team, you have to pick the smallest member. <laughs> <laughs> These are terrible ideas, and I want to watch them all. <laughs> Why don't they let us play in the all-star game, honestly? Because <laughs> that, that fan got tackled. That's why. <laughs> They could have fan tackling competitions. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like people carrying them to safety. Just everybody send the biggest guy in your team and a fan, obviously a volunteer. <laughs> people would pay good money to be tackled by Bryce Harper. That's the that's oh, completely disturbing Lord. thing. Entirely yeah. too many people would pay good money for that. Um, hey, but <laughs> and that one lady would definitely pay for Danny Espinosa. <laughs> <laughs> my actually. My friend was really upset they don't sell Clint Robbins t-shirts. They don't? No, no somebody, somebody asked him about it. He did that whole Twitter Q&A at one point. He was stuck in an airport before the All-Star break. And somebody said, when are you going to be able to buy a Robinson shirt or a Robinson jersey? And he kind of laughed it off and said, I don't know, probably never, because he was being super humble. But you can't. They're not out there. She was like, he's wearing one, so at least one exists. And they're like, yes, ma'am, they're not going to sell you his. Like, <laughs> well, they will. It's just going to cost you a lot more. Yeah. And will probably be game used. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Whenever they Everybody, do the jersey off their backs thing. so. Or do, I, I've seen game used pants. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. A lot of them. A lot. Not a single pair. Many pairs. And I realized that that's my line. That's the line I've drawn for myself. Nope. <laughs> I <was> like, yeah. <laughs> Especially not, and we can get to this um, when 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 we talk about the book. But like, there are certain um, former Nationals relief pitchers who always wore the same underwear during games. Let's not pretend we know it's more than just one. 
But like there, we know for sure it's one because he decided yeah. to tell people about this. Yeah. So um, I guess the the last uh, player player we liked kind of transitions into um, stat of the week. So uh, in addition yesterday to Tanner pitching lights out and uh, Anthony Rendon hitting a lovely home run, um, Stephen Drew hit three doubles, uh, which was very nice. Um, he has been a very uh, nice addition to, I think, the bench uh, this season. Um, you know, he's he's hitting, you know, in the high two, in er, you know, two sixty three. Yeah. Um, and you know, his, his slugging and his OPS are pretty good. Um, you know, certainly for a team that struggled off the bench, he's he's in a position, and you know, uh, he's also been good. You know, uh, he was in for Murphy yesterday, so. Um, yeah, he certainly looked all right. Uh, I liked when they actually. And this is going away from it. I liked. Did they have Trey playing second base for a game? Yes. Yeah. Uh, in City for sure. And yes. then did they also on Friday night? I believe so. Okay. Um, I was I was at a work thing, so I didn't watch the game on Friday. Um, but yeah, so I he's Trey's look good at second, but that's not surprising because he's a shortstop. Yeah. Um, but Drew was looking fine at second. Yeah. Um, and so that led me to a stat of the week, which was my question, which is how frequent is it to hit three doubles and or more doubles in a game? Um, and the answer is pretty frequent. Uh, so I um, looked up from uh, 2000 onward how many folks have hit uh, at least three doubles in a game. Um, and the answer is that uh, in addition to Drew, uh, one, uh, four nationals have done it. Uh, Alfonso Soriano has done it, or did it twice, uh, both in 2006. Uh, Rendon did it uh, two years ago. And then Brad Wilkerson uh, in 2005. Woo! Wow. Uh, and then Denard Span last year, uh, in April of last year, which is not surprising. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, the meanest thing I've ever heard someone say about Jason Worth was that he looked like a, a, a young Brad Wilkerson. <laughs> some of us are doing some Googling over here. Um, oh, so, um, so I looked it up, and um, in terms of the people who have hit at least three doubles in a game... The most uh, is actually Mike Lowell uh, hit eight. He had eight games where he hit three or more doubles, which is pretty impressive. That's uh, that's career, not in a yeah. single season. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This is all career stuff. Um, so this is since 2000 in his career, and then um, the the list is fairly unsurprising. Like apparently, Albert Pujols can hit. Brian McCann could hit. Uh, Hanley Ramirez can hit. Um, so, like, none of these are particularly surprising. Uh, Adam LaRoche actually had four games where he hit three or more doubles. Um, Damn. Chad Tracy had three games where he hit three or more doubles. When he could actually, when he was actually hitting, like, he wasn't bad at it. I mean, he, yeah. he covered ground. Yeah, and that was all when he was in Arizona, so zero yeah. when he was, you know, hitting off the bench for the Nationals. Yeah, well, uh, unsurprisingly. You can't really hit three three doubles in a single at bat, although it would be fun to watch someone try. <laughs> yeah, uh, very true. I'm like, I guess, yeah, maybe maybe not if you're pinch hitting, but like if you're um a defensive like a double switch. Yeah, but yeah. you have to double switch pretty early. Yeah, that true. Um, so like, yeah, that would I think probably only happen if someone someone yeah. got hurt. Um, Pudge had three games where he hit three doubles. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, it was not not any great surprises as to um, good players tend to hit a, a lot, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the people who are hitting three doubles, three or more doubles in a game, uh, are are all pretty consistently yeah. good career hitters. Um, so maybe not the the most interesting stat in the world, but um, you know Stephen Drew is now part of that club. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty prestigious club. Is yeah. it? Is this his first time? Yes. Okay. Um, and in fact, when I went and pulled the stuff this morning, he had not yet had that added to to his baseball reference. Um, so he's not actually listed that yet. So he had they hadn't had him listed that uh, mm -hmm. before. Um, uh, well, I think it's interesting also to see you know characteristics that are shared between most of those. So I mean, Adam LaRoche, not a particularly fast guy. Mm -hmm. um, most of these guys are are faster, and they don't they hit for a certain level of power. But none of them, with the exception of I'm thinking of um, uh, Siriano, Siriano, like none of them really hit for extensive power. I mean, Tony Rendon hits home runs every now and then. He will hit one the other night, but he doesn't. You know, he's not a like 30 home run a season guy. You know no, what I mean? He's Tony Two Bags. He's Tony Two Bags. They're they're. I'm so actually, you know, come to think, I'm surprised Manny Machado's not on that list. Maybe, but give him some time. Um, but yeah, they're all like guys with a certain amount of power, but mostly they've just got a lot of speed. I would think a lot of those. Manny Machado's done it twice, by the way. Okay. Okay. There you go. Um, they're guys probably who are turning single and a half into a double by the by virtue of their speed more than guys who are just hitting them clear into a corner. You know? Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, so these are really people who can who can get on and haul and turn a single into a double rather than um, hitting a triple but being slow. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like the like I said, the list is is entirely unsurprising. A Rod actually only did it once, um, which hmm. actually is a little surprising to me uh, that he and uh, and uh, Rendon have done it the same number of times, but like. <laughs> You know, again, it's it's people who hit for power are going to, to hit better than hitting three doubles per game, and people who hit for average tend to hit fewer than three doubles per game. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, Ichiro's done it twice, given all of his hits. Yeah, well, that's... I, I'm trying to think of anything Ichiro probably hasn't done in his nearly 3,000 hits. I don't know if he's ever hit for the cycle. That is an excellent question. He, pro he probably hasn't, because not many people do that. That's kind of more of a freak occurrence than a measure of skill. Um, but maybe he has. I mean, in 3,000 hits, a lot of things can happen. Didn't Hosmer almost do it at the All-Star game? He had a lot of hits. Let me check. Yeah, like, I thought he was missing a triple. It's always the triple. triple yeah. The hardest one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be interesting to look up who's the best uh, best triple hitting hitter. Um, though I imagine that's just someone who uh, is is very very fast on the base yeah. paths. That they're they're massaging a double into a triple, um, just because mm -hmm. yeah that's how it tends to happen. Um, Eric Hosmer or Hosmer? I've never known. Hosmer. Hosmer. Okay, he had a homer in the second, um, and then he singled in the third. Um, sorry, I'm scrolling through to check. It was probably a faster way to do this. Um, I know he grounded out when Max was pitching, so no triples for you. <laughs> um, yeah, grounded out in the sixth, and then did he have a double? 
I'm actually not seeing him again. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I mean, most um, of these guys don't typically don't get 4ABs in the All-Star right. game. So that would be, it would be tough to hit for the cycle in the All-Star game. Yeah. You'd probably have to lead off with the triple and the home run, for, and then just be like, guy, leave me in, come on. But... Well, Max was not going to give him that double or that triple. So. No, he was not. No. Max was on fire. Oh like, my Max God. is normally on fire, but like he was on extra fire. Some of us are still recovering from this. <laughs> uh, all right, so I, we get you need a couple ice packs and some smelling salts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, he, he's never apparently pitched uh, a ball that's gone above a hundred in a game, and it's possible that he pitched a ball that went above a hundred in that game. How could we not know? Would did all the radar guns spontaneously break with the like sheer intensity of the pitching eye? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let Max's pitching eye next to your radar guns, or apparently your daughter's. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. So apparently, it said on the scoreboard that he hit 101, and but like Statcast said, he hit uh, 98 or 99. Uh, he definitely okay. hit 99 more than once. The question is just which, basically, who do you believe, whether he actually went any higher than that. Yeah. Now, is the scoreboard based on radar? There's probably a guy sitting behind home plate with a radar gun. Okay. Or um, maybe not a guy, but, like, there's a radar. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've ever seen somebody counting that. I mean, un unfortunately, I'm slightly more inclined to trust StatCast. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's probably not a radar gun. It's probably pitch effects, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. What's the what would be the the difference? Well, it's not a guy. Oh 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 yeah okay so, yeah I'm sorry yeah I mean it's not all it's not always a guy yeah there, but um, like sometimes like, it's a woman sometimes it's just a radar gun or, or it's a computer <laughs> I think it's a camera um, but yeah um, I don't know I don't have I don't have much to base that on other than like there's multiple cameras for Statcast stuff so they have to all kind of align with each other as opposed to just one essential machine back there that is counting, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. We'll never know. We'll, we can say it was a hundred. It was a hundred and one in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> He's always a hundred and one in my heart. Um. Yeah, well, it's, even if it was ninety-eight, ninety-nine, yeah. he doesn't get that high typically, especially not early. I mean, that's. He he cranks it up towards the end when he's getting gassed, but normally he doesn't. Pitch in the high nine. I think 99 was a new high for him. Yeah. Career, um, I'm pretty sure. I was watching uh, the last time he pitched before today. Um, and whether I can't remember whether I was watching the New York broadcast or whether it was like, you know, the TBS and I just wasn't really paying attention because I was, I, I didn't turn it on. Um, but they had pitch speed bingo, which I thought was kind of fun. And they, so they had every number from like 75 to 99 and one of my friends I was with was sitting there going he's never going to hit up into 99 like he, he never does and like sometimes he gets close and that but apparently all it took was going another day to the all-star game to get that high so well he was pretty amped up yeah like all the reporters all the other guys who were playing that day everybody who interacted with him basically was like yeah this guy was kind of off the ceiling yeah well, and it helped that, like, he was pitching to Ramos. So, like, they know each other uh, pretty well at this point. 
Yeah. You know, um, it was a nice little Nationals inning of, like, he's pitching to Ramos and, you know, Murphy's on second base and whatever. And it's just like, oh, this feels right. Like, yeah. this feels familiar. Um, so I, I even wonder that if it were another catcher who wasn't, you know, as familiar with mm-hmm. Max and his crazy intensity and his process and his whatever, um, if if perhaps, like, that had some effect of, like, you know, I, I, I know how to pitch to Wilson Ramos. Yeah. I, I'm sure comfort yeah. level is a major factor there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say he would have been probably trying to be more careful if it had been somebody else, just because, yeah. you know, if you come up and start throwing to a complete stranger, you how can you be confident he's going to be able to catch you throwing 99 all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Versus Ramos has very good, like, control and well, I know Bob and FP like to talk about his framing and Lobaton's framing a lot, but, like, you know, he, he can catch what, what Max Scherzer's throwing. Yeah. So, um, and more importantly, he gets him and knows to, what to tell him to, to throw. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, so much fun as all this talk of triple doubles and cycles and everything. Uh, we have we did plan to do sort of a summer reading segment here. Um, the Nats do a summer reading every year where you can read books and get tickets. Unfortunately, I think you probably have to be under the age of 12. Uh, so we're not eligible for this. But it's still a really good program and we're going to, in in the spirit of it, uh, we all read The Grind by Barrios Verluga and I, we're just going to sort of have a, a small book club about it for a few, for a little while here. Um, yeah, so for those of you guys who didn't read along with us, do we want to provide a short little summary of what The Grind is about? Sure. Um, well, so The Grind is was actually originally a series of essays all published in the Post over the course of 2015. Um, and then they were compiled into uh, a book. And basically, uh, Barrys Verluga spent roughly the end of 2013 through the 2014 season with a couple specific gnats and decided to u- sort of use their experiences as a broader map of what it actually is like, what the, what the grind is to a baseball player. I mean, everybody's heard the, the saying, it's not, a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And he kind of goes into really what that marathon would be, both for the players, for the management, for the players' families, and for the people who literally keep the train moving, keep, keep the engines going so that the fans get to see these guys at their at the park and the and have the experience that they want so that the players um get where they're going and have a clean jersey so everybody gets something to eat at the end of the day uh, and i think we're actually we're going to start by talking about them the uh one the essay the chapter is titled the glue so this was definitely the most illuminating for me um compared to you guys this has come up as a theme a few times i think i'm the newest to all of this and so I definitely know the fewest nitty-gritties about sort of what makes the baseball world continue to turn day to day. Um, and so this whole chapter, which was mostly focused on um, Rob McDonald, as well as just the clubhouse attendance and the travel people and then this and then that, I found it incredibly interesting. I'm also kind of a logistics nerd because, yeah, obviously getting these guys where they need to go on a day-to-day basis is an incredibly complicated process. And, you know, you can't forget Ben Revere in the clubhouse and then have to go back for him. There's there's no room for that. <laughs> I, he's, you could pack him in your suitcase. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was going to say, you know, he, he could be a carry-on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think I found this that chapter also really interesting um, because it is so, like, logistical. Um, and But it's also, he was sort of pitching it as a, you know, um, a lot of guys who come in on free agency, like... The money is important, obviously, um, but he was saying basically he saw also his his job as being very integral into attracting free agents to mm-hmm. to the Nats, like saying like we are going to treat you really really well. Um, he he does have that great great quote about like treating um, players like they're your brother. Like, they're your mm-hmm. little brother. And he's like, it's really kind of hard to think of uh, Jason... Oh, no, like, you're there, your son, sorry. Um, so, here, I, I have it. So, you've got to remember, treat people how you want to be treated. Treat him as if it's your kid or your cousin or your brother. What would you do for them? It doesn't always work out that way. Everyone frustrates you at some point. It's hard to treat Jason Worth like he's your son. But that's <laughs> how you conduct yourself. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, I imagine it is hard to treat Jason Worth like he's your son uh, in terms of, of making sure he feels cared for and his beard is combed or whatever. Um, but, like, you know, I thought that was a really interesting take on, like, you know, um, all of those sort of little little things that he has to take care of for people being um, almost, like, a, a, a way of thinking about, like, asset management in baseball and in mm-hmm. in like retaining people if they're feeling like they're treated well and attracting people if they feel like they will be treated well um you know in addition to like the the gross 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 amounts of money that's that are also going on yeah um, yeah, there was another quote a couple pages later where he said, if Ian Desmond gets offered $100 million as a free agent and we offer him $80 million, it's easy, you go with $100 million. But if he gets offered $100 million from both of us and his wife is comfortable and his family likes it here and he knows the way he's going to be treated, to us that can make a difference. Which makes complete sense if you stop and think about it for five seconds, and it, but people don't, you know? <clears throat> you, you don't. A lot of people don't really think about everything that goes into... Um, just making people happy. Um, and, I mean, I, I know I have personally complained about how exhausted I am having to go to baseball games so often, right? <laughs> God, it's just like a job sometimes. But, I mean, it is their job, and it is hard. And having somebody there who, you know, is looking out for you, especially for people who don't, you know, you mentioned free agents and, and retaining stuff, but for guys who've been traded in, and they don't have a support system mm-hmm. yet in place. And they might not if we're getting them for two months and then shipping them off somewhere else at the end of the year. Wh- when, what time do they have to get that? And knowing that they're, they're, that they're being treated well, not just for keeping them, but for telling people later on down the line, like, hey, maybe you do want to sign with these guys because they'll make it easier on you. I also wonder, like, when, when players take a hometown discount, you know, they hit free agency, mm-hmm. but they decide, decide to stay, that, you know, obviously having your family settled and, you know, oh, you know where your kids are going to school, et cetera, is important. But I also wonder if, like, it's also like, well, I know I'm going to be treated really well here. Though, you know, if you're making $100 million, like, how do I put this? How do you make $100 million and not get treated well? Like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I don't, I don't expect these guys are doing their own dry cleaning, like. Well, there was that one bit about Mike Lay Taylor like struggling to iron his shirt or something. Yeah. And somebody went in to to help him with that because he wasn't particularly successful. 
<laughs> I'm picturing it, and it's adorable, but... It's less adorable because he's 24. <laughs> I mean, I can't iron a shirt. I'm sorry. What? I can't. I'm terrible. You can teach me if you want to, but I seriously struggle with ironing, so I was I was very sympathetic. I, make thing hot, make thing flat. <laughs> not, not really not ragged science. Especially with people, and with men's shirts, it's really not that hard because they're flat. Like okay, that would probably be easier. Like, I would probably have less trouble with a men's shirt, but clearly I should call Rob McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he can teach me and Michael at the same time. We'll make a day of it. It'll be great. It does make me, and this is diverting a little bit, but um, we do have a life skills coach or a life skills trainer. I'm not sure exactly what the position is, but I wonder what he's teaching them, if not how to iron a shirt. I thought we decided there was don't get fle- face chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> do not I mean, that is a picture di- online of your dick. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of assumed that that's what it is, but I also assumed it was stuff like, this is how you use a dishwasher. Well, <laughs> In addition to don't get face chlamydia. Max put... <laughs> Uh, hand wash dish soap in the dishwasher sometime this season. Erica was all posting about it on Twitter about how she came home to an entire kitchen full of bubbles. I Wait. swear to God, every <laughs> single professional athlete that I've ever heard of has done this at least once. Do they not follow each other on Twitter? Do they not learn from each other's mistakes? I mean, everyone not- I know learned not to do that at some point in college. So maybe the guys who didn't go to college never learned not to put the wrong kind of dishwasher. Uh, I learned how to use a dishwasher when I was seven. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I know how to use a dishwasher, but, like, the the two kinds of dish soap were always in different places. Like, I feel like you have to start setting up your own kitchen before you realize that there's a reason that they're always different. I don't know. Clearly, clearly my college friends and I were, were much less versed at dishwashing. <laughs> but you know what? Max is 31, or whatever. Yeah. Maybe well, 32 by now. So... Clearly, it's harder for some people. Well, I mean, oh. I get that there are gendered expectations, and if you're a professional athlete and you're on that track, like... It's even worse. Yeah, like, the fact is, you will have people like McDonald, like, saying, like, oh, your jersey goes in the bin and it comes back clean. Yeah. Or, right. more importantly, you will have... You will be making $100 million and have a wife whose mm. job then becomes to take care of you. Yeah. So um, I, I, I thought the Chelsea Desmond chapter was really interesting. Yeah. I thought so as well. Um, so, yeah, because um, getting into, like, she and Ian Desmond being, like, what, like, middle school sweethearts? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. You ever seen any of the pictures uh, of them when they were, like, fifth, sixth grade? No, but no. I they're adorable. They are so adorable. Um, and, like, I really liked her when they, I, you know, obviously I really liked Ian Desmond when he was here, and I really liked her when, when he uh, was here, especially when she when he had that terrible mustache. She his, made him uh, shave it? I, I just assumed she made him fav- oh, shave God. it? Um, <laughs> well, I like that when she posed for a picture, she put on the terrible mustache. Like, That's true. Maybe, uh, shave it. maybe she's the one who encouraged him to grow it in the first place. I feel like no, because it was gone after the first time. <laughs> like, Danny Espinosa, like, his wife probably is just like, could you shave five or six times a day? That would be great. Because <laughs> oh, no, she no, loves like, it. He, he has loves to be the beard. There is no way if she wanted him to not have that beard, it would have gotten as big as, it would get as big as it gets, because that's the entire off-season of not shaving. She gets the hugest kick out of this. She's, yeah. she's a laugh and a half on Twitter. I okay. really enjoy her Twitter. Um, okay. And she uh, gets a huge kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Out of the, the fact that... Uh, do you remember that Barbie where you turned, like, a dial and the hair grew? 
That's always what I think of when Annie Espinosa's beard. Like, there's just, like, some internal crank that, like, face hair. Well, everybody's been joking, including Sarah Espinosa, that when she has this kid, it's the kid is going to be born with a beard. <laughs> it's just going to be a werewolf. No, that's Jason Worth's children. Yeah, I know. That's a little more dramatic than, than hopefully this childbirth process will be. Yeah. I, hope it's, I hope it's definitively Danny's. No, but she she gets a huge kick out of all the beard jokes. She was super loud on Twitter when they stopped showing the beard picture on the scoreboard. She is totally in cahoots with the whole off-season facial hair thing. Okay, well, you know, uh, I, I assume she, know who, she knows who she married. <laughs> the, the beard and the man under it, I guess. Like. <laughs> um... <sighs> But yeah, I thought it was really interesting that like Chelsea Desmond, you know, one of the things she says in that chapter is like people just tell her that Ian's going to cheat on her. And I'm like, how do you not like you're a better person than I am because I would just smack them. <laughs> like, yeah. like I wouldn't so smack <laughs> Dick, Dick. <laughs> but like I'm like how do people find that to be an appropriate comment? Well, they probably think that they're helping. But, yeah, um, it's, I mean, it was just such a human thing that I think when we think about the fact that they're making $100 million and they're playing a kid's game for money and their their, their wives are, don't have to work, right, we just to kind of assume. And then you really read this stuff and it's like, okay, no, human beings, duh, and it's still rough and you still get people interfering saying your husband's going to cheat on you. Or the fact that your kids go to bed at midnight so that they actually can see their father. Well, you know, and she was a dental hygienist when he was still in the minors. She was right. working. It was a whole thing where she couldn't miss too much work to see him, and he was traveling. And mm -hmm. you know, they they needed her income. She was a dental hygienist. They don't make a whole lot in the minors. Yeah, yeah. And I th I, I thought it was interesting. You know, that they they basically have the uh, what did she say? Like you you ba it was a her where you basically get into like the the family room, and they're like, okay, who's going to be your friend? Mm -hmm. Like That was uh, Scott Harrison's wife. Yes, said, okay. Yeah. 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 That, like, you get there, and you're, like, you're, you're basically assigned a friend. <laughs> yep. Um, because, what? yeah. And that person has to give you all of the other information. Was it, was it Scott Harrison's wife, or was it Rick Ankiel's wife, who actually set up the network that they all have? Um, I think it was Rick Ankiel's wife. To, tr to trade all that Rick Ankiel life, uh, life skills coach. Um, uh, but yeah, like this is this is the reality of their lives. They they get dumped into these situations and have to live in a totally different way, and they're expected to be the ones taking care of their husband, as well as doing everything else. Mm -hmm. um, so again, going back to the glue, it's nice to have those people there as well, to 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 balance it out and keep keep your wife happy, since she's having to deal with a whole lot of crap that you as the player are also not having to deal with. Yeah. And keep them. That will keep you around. Yeah. And I think it would have been like obviously he chose the players he, and and families he was going to profile. But like someone who was a real like a journeyman player who and who was getting bounced around. I mean, even that would have been like even more extreme. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like. Um, well, I mean, there was that section on uh, poor Tyler Moore. Yeah. I, I I'm going to take this moment reading this book now was pretty excruciating for me emotionally. Oh, I cried. Almost every single person that's profiled is gone. 
I cried twice on a plane. It was, yeah, it was really bad. Uh, poor Tyler Moore. Um, but, I mean, that was as close as you're going to get to the journeyman. I mean, not so much a journeyman, but he's doing the journeyman's life without the money at the other end of it either. You know? Minor leagues, minor leagues, up and down, God only knows. and Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's having an okay season in Gwinnett because he's um, uh, in the AAA. He's in a, the Braves AAA affiliate. Um, which, you know, given how bad the Braves are... Is, uh... I'm surprised that he's not actually in their club, considering... Yeah, yeah. that is very surprising. He's hitting 242 in the minors. Oh, that's why. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's he's not having a great season. Um, and, quite frankly, like... I, I wonder if he's going to be, like, Lombardo, Columbia, Maryland native Steve Lombardozzi Part 2. Um, <laughs> yeah. Of just, like, end up somewhere in independent league ball just hitting the snot out of it and then just getting bounced around the minors and being kind of a, a quadruple A player for the Ugh. rest of his career. Which is, which is I'm like, it's disappointing to say. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's kind of where he is. Uh, though he's only played 16 games. So maybe, is he hurt? If he's only played 16 games in triple A, he must be. Um, so he's only played, and like, I, I have his, uh, baseball reference stuff up, and yeah, he's only played 16 games, so he, he has gotta be hurt. There, yeah, there's, otherwise he would have just been fired. Yeah. Um, or, or down in double A, or gone to, cause like, he sucked it up and played in, I wanna say, uh, yeah, he played in a, in a winter league. Yeah, um. um. In the, in, yeah. It wasn't Arizona. It was in Dominican. Yeah, he played in the in Dominican. the DR. Yeah, in the DR. Um, so like, if he were, if he were just bad, I feel like that would be different. Yeah. Um, but uh, he mu- He's got to be hurt if he's only played sixteen games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. Poor baby. Hey, quick question can... about yeah. the book. Did you guys both have it on Kindle? Because I thought it was interesting also, you know, watch it, reading this book now and knowing how the season was going to end was sort of like watching a train wreck in slow motion, yeah. knowing you couldn't stop it. And so at the end of the book, I was sort of gratified to see um, that there was this afterward where he kind of talks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and talks about some other update stuff, too, like the new collective bargaining agreement, um, some of the, re- the reactions that he'd gotten towards the book and people kind of saying, yeah, but these people make a jillion dollars, so who cares, yeah. you know? Well, it's hard to fight that instinct. And, he, I mean, he mentions it, like, repeatedly. He's like, yeah, okay, Crimea River, you make $120 million, but... Well, and of course, he, you know, mentioned, like, Ian Desmond making $100 million in free agency, and Ian Desmond, we know, is making $8 million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, cry me a river, that's going to be 100 times more than most people are going to make. Yeah. And, I mean, hell, that compared to other professional athletes in other sports who still make gross amounts of money, that's a lot more. Um, uh, yeah. Um, Sidney Crosby makes $8.7 million, to put that in perspective. Um yeah, and so, like, I mean, baseball money is gross. Like, yeah. baseball and basketball, and basketball just put in a salary cap, but, like, baseball money is 
is gross. Um, and to be fair, Crosby did only want to make 8.7 because his number is 87. He was born on August 7th, and he's a big superstitious Stop. goober. Um, no, not joking. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, that's okay. Bryce is a big superstitious goober, too, so maybe he'll only make, what What his number is, what, 34? Make $33.4 million, yeah, okay. Uh, I was gonna say three hundred and forty million dollars. No, he he got he took a little umbrage at uh, the four hundred million that people were speculating about. So I'm gonna go with three forty. Maybe, maybe he'll try for thirty four million per year. Yeah, for like thirteen years. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's possible. Uh, um. So, <laughs> but yeah, like that that part was good. I liked. Tyler, I mean, Tyler Moore's stuff was just, like, that's probably the the most common experience in baseball. Oh, like, without a doubt. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I, well, second most common. I should literally never make it out of the minor leagues, ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was just looking at a number of just, of just, like, in terms of people drafted, just number one draft pick who actually make it to the minors, and it's something, like, a third? No, it's less than that. It's like less than a quarter of number one draft picks. Yeah, and that's number one draft picks. So think wow. about how many people get drafted every single year who will never ever see the show. So that's more slightly Wasn't more common a, than what's happening to Tyler Moore. But there was an Onion article, something like you know, thirty percent of American public not aware they were drafted in the later <laughs> rounds of the MLB draft. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they like they like draft like owners' kids and like someone's dog. They're like, oh yeah, that was a, a late or that terrier was a late round draft pick for like the probably C- be, Cincinnati Reds. It'd probably be a really good fielder. Yeah, <laughs> he could play with a koala. <laughs> <laughs> All animal baseball team. Yeah. Snoopy from the Charlie Brown cartoons was shortstop. He played a pretty good shortstop. Okay. Okay. So I feel like we have a concept going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that, that does also make baseball really unusual, um, though they, and, and this was, I haven't listened to it, but I've heard about it, the, apparently This American Life was talking about, like, the value of a first round football, uh, or a first round, you know, uh, draft pick in football versus a second round one, and it's like Mm -hmm. the second rounders tend to, uh, be worth more long term, and that first rounders tend to be, I think, a little bit more boomer bust. I mean, uh-huh. it makes a certain... I, I could see why, potentially. Hmm. Uh, um, in hockey, it's pretty clear that first round, like, it's something like 60 to 70% of them are going to are gonna play in more like a, more than, like, 100 games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really interesting that in baseball, that the 30... You said only 30% of the first overall pick? Yeah, number one draft pick. But, I mean, <sighs> even... Yeah, no, it's it's... I think it's less than a quarter, if it's even that high. I'll have to go look this up again, because I was just talking about this the other night, and I can't remember now exactly the number. But yeah, well, how no, many I of mean, them are pitchers? How many of them are pitchers that well, that's, go out there? That's part of it. Is a ton of them are pitchers, um, but I mean, a lot of them are also hitting huge hitting prospects like Bryce. Um, so you just you never know. I mean, you see, but if you carry it over and and do the math out for the for the entire first round, you're gonna you're going to keep having that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and just by the sheer volume of it. I mean, if every, even if every single team had just four minor league affiliates, which is not the case, most of them have more than that, um, and each one of those minor league affiliates has a 40-man, has, has 25 to 40 people on it, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's I mean, not even like, the internet. Yeah, sorry. 
Oh, as I say, and baseball just the draft is just it's a basically an extended conference call. Like yeah. it's not the same big deal, the same big show that it is in other sports. Um, and, and I guess that foreign free agency signing also kind of makes a, a big difference on that. Yeah. Of like, I can go and sign some kid who's 16 from the DR and mm-hmm. control them and mm-hmm. their body for eight to ten years, which I'm obviously. Tommy John surgery in six months. Yeah, um, it, it's not a system I hugely approve of, if you can tell. Yeah, it's uh, not great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but it probably also takes some of the like media stock out of having the, like the first overall draft pick. Like, I you know, with Bryce, it was a big deal, but like, you know, the, who won the 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 lottery or whatever for the draft pick, or who's gonna tank mm-hmm. for the draft pick, is just not a hugely in the conversation. Um, so, like you were saying, with hockey, the the first round picks, they're guaranteed. They're going to play like a hundred something games or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to start. F- football first round picks, even if they end up booming, they're get pretty much going to go straight from the draft into the show. Even your Bryce Harpers that you know are going to get to the show in baseball, they still have to go through a year at least of development in the minor leagues. Nobody goes from the draft to the show. Mm-hmm. It just—it doesn't matter how good you are. You're going to spend some time in the minors, so people kind of like forget. And then when they're in the minors, I mean, only real, real diehards pay super close attention to what's going on in the minors because you only have so many hours in the day, right? So they go into the minors and they could get lost down there forever, or you just wait until they're about ready to come back up, like Lucas Giolito, right? So well, I think yeah. that's part of why the draft is, the baseball draft is just not at. You don't even pay attention to the first round because that kid that you're drafting is going to go spend two years in the minor league. Correct me if I'm wrong because I don't really know anything about football, but it's always seemed to me that college football was much more like minor league baseball. And so a lot of those football players are sort of getting all that development and you know, exposure to the media and learning about how to navigate this whole world are getting that in college, whereas the college baseball players, it's nothing like that. They, they have yeah. to go to the minors. They don't get that kind of development in a college right. program, no matter how good. And considering how many, I, I don't know the, the numbers, but just in terms of like um, ignoring the international market for the time being, a huge number of baseball players that don't go to college for baseball. True, you know? yeah. So, so, I mean, Bryce was drafted at 17. He didn't finish high school. Like, so, I mean, he went and got his GED. But, right, he yeah. played, yeah. And then he went to community college, which he now refers to... Uh, he went to community college for three months and refers to that as, when I was in college... No, Bryce. <laughs> was it, I think it was a junior, a junior college. Yeah, and he, it, was like for, it was like for a semester. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he went and got his GED, and that's yeah. fine. Like, you know, there, there is a certain point, and this is getting into, like, the fact that the NCAA is super messed up, that, like, college football and to a lesser... Ex- and college basketball and to a lesser extent... Um, but maybe not a hugely lesser extent, college baseball and hockey are really messed up in terms of the demands that they put on very young people um, and in terms of having basically a job. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so, like, college football, like, to be drafted in football, you really do have to play college football. Yeah. And then um, basketball, you don't have to, but it's it's pretty helpful um, yeah. Just because they don't have, you know, college football or um, uh, NFL doesn't have a minor league system. It is college football, or you can go play in, you know, the CFL, but yeah. whatever. Um, and then the NBA does have the ABA, but you know, it's less of a development thing. 
Um, and so, you know, if you have a choice to opt out of that system, I can really understand why a lot of players choose that choice. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, you're not... Even if you want to get a really solid education when you're there, um, the sort of circumstances of being an NCAA Division One athlete are such that you're not. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know, and we can, this is kind of looping back to the book, so, like, Drew Storin was drafted, albeit lower in the draft, uh, to, I think, the Yankees. Um, uh, no, but... I remember him being I don't think it was the Yankees, but yes, I agree with your point. <laughs> anyway, um, and then he declined that uh, spot to go to Stanford um, to play, you know, obviously college baseball, but also to, like, go to Stanford. Um, but, like, a lot of people don't make that choice necessarily because, you know, what yeah. you're trying to do is get into Major League Baseball, yeah. um, you know, and... And, and he wanted to go and develop in college baseball. Um, but there is also argument that even college baseball, the stats you're going to generate aren't necessarily going to be the same stats as, like, going to play in the minors and yeah. getting that development there. Well, I think there's also um, a factor of... I mean, how, I'm trying to think of, like, how many athletes I've heard of who were in college and played baseball in college and were drafted out of college, but they were in college to also play football and basketball and track and field and ultimate frisbee. And like, you know what I mean? Um, like they played multiple things, and baseball is just the route that they took. Yeah. You know? uh, and he was drafted by the Yankees. Oh, well, I apologize. Sorry, in the, I think, the 34th round? It was pretty, it was pretty low. Well, again, because he was like 17. Yeah. So had he gone that way, he and Cliff could have been in the Yankees' minor league system together. Yes. What year was it? 2007. Yes, then this they would have been. Yeah. Aww. Oh. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I can understand, because he was drafted, I think, 10th overall. Um, yeah. Something like that. So, like, go from 34th round to 10th overall is, uh, you know, that's yeah. a little bit of a difference, and probably a bit of a difference in the signing bonus. Yeah. You know. For sure. Um, so I can, I can definitely understand making that choice, and, you know, he... he had more uh, background in understanding how professional sports were going to work than most people getting into professional sports because his father's a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, it, that's one of those things where if you're not going to Stanford to necessarily get an education, but you're going to some place where, despite the fact that you want an education, you're not going to be able to get one because you're busy having a job that they yeah. don't pay you for and you can't accept any money for. Oh, no, gonna... they get paid for it. Uh, they I get meant signing bonuses, but yes, baseball. yes. Like, oh, but like, yeah. if you're in the NCAA, you have a job and you can't get paid. Yeah. Like, um, you know, and the guys in the minors are making less than minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, they're they're attempting to basically sue for minimum wage. You know. Uh, oh. <laughs> I think. I think. We should probably leave this all for another section because I have a feeling we've got several more hours of this in us. Um, we, I think we should probably start wrapping it up. Okay. Um, so let's go keeping in theme from dark place we just went to, <laughs> to a happy event for Laura. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> the opposite heard, of these You guys already heard some of these details. <laughs> um, but so I recently was able to go and see... The Rangers play, um, and they were the away team. It was actually a total coincidence that I was 
able to see them, but um, I went and saw Desi, um, kind of by accident, and the day of the game, I printed the tickets, and I realized that I had bought tickets in center field, and Desi, as odd as it is to think about, now plays center field. Um, and so I actually texted you guys and got the response of, oh my god, you have to make a sign. Um, which I've never done before. I've never, I've never been sign girl. Um, but I kind of thought about it and went, no, yeah, you're right, I do need to make a sign. Um, and this was right after they had announced um, that he would be playing in the All-Star game. So I went and bought some poster board and a couple of Sharpies, and I, I made a sign that said, um, congrats on ASG Desi, heart from DC, and inside the heart I drew a curly W, um, which I've gotten slightly disturbingly good at drawing totally freehand without having to look. I get the, the swirl in the right place and, you know, everything. It's, it's probably a skill I shouldn't be proud of. Um, no, absolutely but, proud of it. Um, so I got to the game with the sign, and um, my friend who I was with really wanted to go wander and see if maybe we could find any standing room behind home plate because some friend of hers had said that, like, you could do that. And I was pretty skeptical, frankly, um, and also didn't really want to leave where we were in center field on the off chance that Desi would come out there to warm up and he might see the sign. Um, but I was like, okay, fine, like, let's go wander around this beautiful ballpark on this gorgeous day that I'm, for some reason, complaining about doing. Fine. Um, and so we wandered around in search of standing room. Um, and in some ballparks, they're more strict than others about not letting people down into sections where they're not actually ticketed. Um, and it can depend on the timing, too, whether anybody cares. But we were pretty early, and so we just kind of wandered in and out of everywhere, and nobody really stopped us. Um, and I decided to see how far they would let me go before anyone would say, hey, are you actually sitting here or not? Um, <laughs> And the answer was, they let me all the way down to the field behind the visitor's dugout, um, which I was surprised about and went and stood on the side and, you know, stared at the Rangers and tried to figure out if I knew who any of them were other than Desi. Um, and then this guy came out and started stretching like 20 feet away from me. And he kind of had his side to me, so I couldn't really see his face and I also couldn't really see his back. but. I thought it was Desi, and my friend's like, no, 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 I can see his back, his last name starts with S, that's not Desi. I'm like, I really think that's Desi. Like, I've spent enough years of my life staring at this guy, I don't need to see his face or his name <laughs> to be able to tell. In profile. Um, and then finally, <laughs> finally he turned around and I'm like, oh my god, dropped everything, unrolled the sign, um, and of course he's facing away from me. And I'm like, you know, yelling his name, trying to get his attention. Other guys are jogging out of the dugout and stretching and, you know, tossing the ball around. And definitely some of the other ones saw me, but he was not turning around and not turning around. Um, and, you know, he finishes stretching. He's running some sprints. And I, I really thought at one point I saw him kind of wave at me as like a, hey, I see you. I can't stop right now, but stay there. But I couldn't tell if I was reading too much into it because I would do that. Um, and finally, after he was done, you know, throwing a ball around with some of the other guys, they were wrapping up, and I was clearly running out of time because people were all taking their seats, and pretty soon it was going to be really obvious that I was not sitting there, and they were going to make me leave. 
Um, and so kind of right at the last minute, he was done with all his warm-up stuff, and he came jogging back towards the dugout. And he looked straight at me, gave me this huge smile, and waved, and then held up the ball that he had been tossing around in warm-ups. Um, and I, like, had no idea what to do. Uh, your soul left your body. <laughs> sort of looked down at the sign, tried to hold my hand up. I was like, ah, I can't catch with one hand. I can't catch at all. Ah, ah, what do I do? Like, fumbled around trying to put the sign down. Bless him, he just stood there and smiled and waited for me to, like, finish being completely discombobulated. Um, he's, like, just, you know, standing there 20 feet away from me, um, waiting for me to put the sign down. And then finally, you know, holds up the ball, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Dude next to me really wanted this ball, by the way. He had figured out what was going on. And I'm like, uh, no, this ball is for me. This ball is for Laura. Desi is throwing me this ball. Um, so he threw me the ball, and I bobbled it a little bit, but I did not drop it. It did not go down into the camera well. I was standing above. I, it was not a clean catch, but I did catch it. Um, and, and, you know, he sort of laughed, which I'm sure I looked pretty undignified. Um, and, you know, waved again, and I shrieked thank you in his general direction. And <laughs> he went down into the dugout, and then I went and hyperventilated for another 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and luckily, the, the friend that I was with, um, she used to play rugby in college, and she said to me afterward, if the guy next to me had tried to make a move and catch that ball, she would have taken him down. <laughs> so I had my bodyguard. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. But, yeah sure so he's used to having his presence have that effect on people. What, yeah. that they drop things? That they drop things and giggle a lot and fumble. Well, and but just he was just, he was really clearly... Um, you know, happy that somebody was holding a sign, and he was so sweet that he really did just stand there and wait for me. You know, the guy clearly still cares about Nats fans. And, you know, he could have just given me a wave and kept on walking. He took the time when he really needed to be heading back inside, and I really needed to be getting out of the expensive seats and back to the bleachers where I belonged. <laughs> um, so it was just a really sweet moment. Oh, he's a good man. He, he is. is. You're a good man, Ian Desmond. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm glad the New York Times gave him a little write-up about him being awesome. Like, I think yeah. we, have, you know, he yeah. he's obviously playing his butt off this season in in Texas. Late to the party, New York Times. So, huh. but yeah, no, it's nice. It's it's good to see him finally get a little bit wider recognition than you know DC screaming for four years. Um, yeah, it's always that's happy. Um, oh. yeah, oh, million. I can't wait till he makes a disgusting amount of money in the open market. Um, do you think the Ra I mean, I imagine the Rangers are already like, so we just left bricks of cash under, like, you're in your locker, under your car seat, like... Where, where, where's all this money coming from? <laughs> you know? I, you, know? <laughs> I, you know, these these hundreds just keep falling on your head. Like, please, please don't leave us. Uh, I mean, I, I imagine that they're going to seriously be like, uh, would you like to stay? F like, w it's going to be like in Mulan. Like, would you like to stay for dinner? Would you, would like, you like to stay, to stay for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I envision contract negotiations. <laughs> well, they haven't been having enough good things. It's like, they've, that was not a they've They've been saying incredibly nice things about him in the press. Like, the other players as well as, yeah. you know, various Rangers the manager and all sorts of characters. Um, they really have been talking about how great he is and how much they love having him around. 
He's just a good person and a good baseball player. And he's not so bad in the face department. <laughs> um. <laughs> Except when he has that terrible mustache on it. Yeah. Well, oh. that's, that's like somebody, you know, defacing a work of art. That's where you get so angry. Yeah, it's like, you throwing do this a mustache, like throwing a mustache on Lolita. Yeah. Putting somebody on a koala. Really? <laughs> no, well, I'm having a report having seen him recently in person. I guess everybody saw him at the altar game anyway. But um, up close, he was he was very nicely stubbly, but with no signs of a specific yeah. mustache. Once I bumped into him in a hallway. And what? it was like Wait, looking what? into the it was like looking into the sun and I thought I was going to pass out and die. <laughs> like I just like I had like fifteen heart attacks at once and I just like it was at a fan event. Like don't don't get this is not like I ran into him at the supermarket. You know, it was at a fan event and I went around a corner and he was coming around the other side and we like bumped shoulders. It took me a second and then I was like, Now I'm going to die. <laughs> Didn't somebody run into Strasburg at the farmers market this weekend? Really? <laughs> And that doesn't surprise me. He's, he's, he strikes me as a farmer's market person. I think in, like, he was at the farmer's market in Delray or something. Somebody saw him there. Um, I would have asked him what boy band he was in, given his haircut. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. 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 Um, actually, back to that New York Times article. My mm-hmm. favorite part, by which I mean the part that made me cry the most, is when Ian Desmond called Dan Ugla for, like, emotional support. And they oh had, like, my a 25-minute conversation about, like... Ugla giving him, like, an over-the-phone hug. <laughs> Uglas come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah, no, that, oh. I was really emotional over that part of the year. Oh. oh, good lord. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you guys basically hired Dan Ugla for the hugging, didn't ya? I mean, he was okay, but, like, it was mostly, like... Yeah. Hug. Well, that's what I keep saying. If they can have a director of mental conditioning, doesn't he need, like, an assistant director of hugging? Yes. Dan probably needs a job. We need to write to the Nationals, mm-hmm. start a petition. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hire Dan Ugla as Assistant Director of Mental Conditioning for hugs. Yes. Bryce last year got a lot of hugs. And hit a lot of home runs. And hit a lot of home runs. Bryce this year, fewer hugs, fewer home runs. We should write this is a statistical. This is statistical significance right here. Yeah, clearly. Cor- correlation clearly. coefficient of one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, or yeah. you know, whatever. R squared value of one. Um, clearly, correlation is also causation. So, of course. Of course. Everybody knows that. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, is there anything else anyone wants to say before we? wrap things up tonight, this afternoon, this evening, whenever the hell it is right now. <laughs> Just on the defensive indifference front. Yes. Um, hashtag Queer Fancy Stats did a special all-star game donation, um, which went to the Trevor Project, um, which, if anyone is is not familiar, um, for the all-star game, um, Jen Rubenstein, who's a national LGBT organization rather than a DC area one it seemed um, relevant. And so the Trevor Project is an organization which focuses on suicide prevention among LGBTQ plus youth. Um, and so the donation for the All-Star Game was $32 to the Trevor Project based on um, Murphy's two singles um, 
plus he got a bonus $5 for reaching on an error. Um, and then she also gave him $5 per plate appearance and $5 for the fact that he was in the All-Star game. So it was a pretty low threshold for things mm -hmm. that generated donations. But Daniel given, Murphy breathed. Right. Daniel yeah. Murphy was on the field in, in San in Diego. A, in a national context, not right. a nationals context. Right. Um, but that obviously they only get a few ABs. So if you wanted the donation to be anything significant, yeah. um, you have to actually give him points for not a whole lot. But well. the other update on that was I actually got a phone call from Capital Pride thanking mm -hmm. me for my donation of, like, 3801 and also asking, so do you have any idea why we just got a whole bunch of donations from people for 3801? Good. And I said, yeah, actually, I can tell you that. Um, so I gave him the, the little rundown and said probably one of those was from someone named Jen Rubenstein. Um, so y'all should call her, and she was the one who started all this. And as far as I know, they did. Um, awesome. So Queer Fancy Stats getting a little bit of attention from organizations Good. like Capital Pride. And apparently when she talked to them, they got about 15 donations in that amount. Oh, awesome. Um, so... I don't know when people necessarily started matching, um, but by, that was the June donation, I believe. Um, by June, there were around 15 people who were matching, and so this is actually generating some pretty significant money at this point, which is great. Yeah, and that's that's good that it's it's finally, like, reaching a wider audience here, and uh, we can only hope it goes farther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was really excited about that. Yeah, I was wondering if organizations were curious as to why they were getting donations in, in those amounts. I'm sure plenty of them are, and now, hopefully now they'll all... I guess the difficulty is picking who to, who to contact of the, like, 15 names, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I think Capital Pride, you know, a lot of organizations do sort of thank you phone calls regardless. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think they were calling some subset of these people regardless and happened to get me. Um, and I told them to call Jen. Well, but some of them have also responded on Twitter. Um, some of them are following Queer Fancy Stats on Twitter. So definitely, some of the organizations she's either already donated to or is planning on it. Some of them, on some level, are aware, or at least their social media people are. Good, good. Um, all right. So that's that's a, a really uh, heartening update to that. Yeah. So I'm glad that it's getting some press, and hopefully, you know, it continues to get press and, and some more good donations. Yeah. All right, well, so that's obviously Queer Fancy Stats on Twitter. Um, and I guess we're going to wrap things up, and we're on Twitter at uh, restinpitchface.com. We're on Tumblr at Resting Pitchface Podcast. You can also now check us out on iTunes by Googling Resting Pitchface, all one word. Um, and I guess for all of us here at Resting Pitch Face, let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the plate. There's a C for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the A. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolate sauce to celebrate.